Welcome to The Great Sources, where we explore fundamental Torah ideas through the great books and sources of Jewish thought. Okay, so first of all, I'm, I'm happy to have the opportunity to explain some things that were discussed last year, which I... I got some feedback and I perhaps didn't do justice to these ideas and didn't explain them fully. And uh, they were such ideas of tremendous importance and susceptible to being misunderstood that it's important to, to get them right. So firstly we discussed, we discussed the, the concept in the Nevi'im of Das Hashem. The Nevi'im talk about Das Hashem as the ideal, the greatest ideal. Famous Haftarah on Tisha B'Av. Alis Halal Yemir Pektes. Alis Halal Fafam B'Chach Masoi. Alis Halal Giboi B'Gvasoi. Vesal Oshi B'Ashroi. I think I got the order wrong. No, I got it right. Kiyem B'Zois is Halal Hamas Halal. What can a person be proud of? Haskel V'Yadoya Oisi. Knowing Hashem. That's the only thing that a person can justifiably be proud of. Knowing Hashem, ki ani Hashem oisei chesed mishpul tzedakah ba'aretz ki ve'edach afatzinu Hashem. So knowing Hashem is the only thing that a person, it's the only true, true matter that a person can be proud of, can, can, has a milo. Das Hashem is a, a very common thing in the Nevi'im. So what exactly is Das Hashem? That's what I'd like to firstly explain. What does it mean to be a day of Hashem? So there's that Pasuk that we just read, which says, To know Hashem, ki ani Hashem oisei chesem But there's another Pasuk that says explicitly what Das Hashem is. That's also in Yemia, in Perek Chavbeis. It's talking about a, it's talking about Yeshio HaMelech. And the Novi is talking about how Yeshua HaMelech was a just and good king who was done din any oni ve'evyon asa mishpad utztaka and judged defended the poor az toiv, that's what toiv is haloi hi hadas oisinom Hashem that's what it means to know me, says Hashem so what does it mean to know Hashem? to do mishpad utztaka, like the other passage to know Hashem who is oise chesed mishpad utztaka so how does knowing Hashem mean doing chesed mishpad utztaka? How, how does that translate? So, so here's the idea, and it's a very simple idea. Knowing Hashem means understanding everything, because Hashem created everything, and Hashem has a certain anhaga. There's a certain anhaga to the world. If a person understands the ways of Hashem, if he understands what Hashem is up to, as it were, he knows what Hashem's plan is, then he's Yedeya Hashem. So if the person does good, if he does good and does justice and chesed, and, that, and those actions, that way of life, that behavior is rooted in his understanding of what Hashem is doing, he is the one who is Yedeya Hashem. So when Yemiah says, what's the, what's, what can a person be proud of knowing Hashem? Ki ani Hashem chesed so knowing Hashem means knowing what He's doing and emulating Him. So imagine 
Imagine going through life and, and understanding completely everything. You look around, you look at, you look at history, you look at people's uh, individual lives, you look at what's happening to yourself, and you can explain everything based on the Midas of Hashem. You could explain why this is Chesed, and why this is Mishpat, and why this is Daka, and how it's justified. So then you know how everything works in, in its most truest level. Truest, the essence of how things work, as in why Hashem is doing what He's doing. So then you know what's right, what's correct, what behavior is correct. And then, and then if you, you will act in the same way, you'll emulate that, because you'll see what's It'll make sense. Everything will make sense to you. And then you'll know exactly how to act. And that is Ha-Das Oisi. That's what it means to know Hashem. The Rambam in the last paragraph of the Mara makes the point that in that Pesach in Yirmiya, where it talks about Haskel V'yadaya Oisi, to know Hashem, Ki Ani Hashem Oisei Chesed Mishpur Tzedaka. It does not say, says the Rambam, in the last paragraph of the Mara. It does not say, Ki Ani Hashem Echod, or Ani Hashem who has no body, or that there's no one like me. It doesn't say philosophical truths about Hashem's essence. That's not Das Hashem in the Nevi'im. Das Hashem is knowing what He does. Knowing what He does. And the Ramam references to that. Similarly, the Pasuk by Moshe, Knowing Hashem means knowing His drachim. Not knowing His essence. Okay. So, that's what, that's in, in a nutshell what Das Hashem means. So the Nevi'im promote and encourage and teach the ways of Hashem. They teach what He does and why. And the ultimate, the ultimate pride then is for a person to be like Hashem. He knows Hashem; he can be like Him, and he and he's he has what to be proud of because he's his uh, his behavior is rooted in in the truest truth in Hashem's hanhag of the world. That's what the Nevi'im teach. You have to be a Navi to know Hashem. So you have to be a Navi to know Hashem. Yes. It says Shmuel term Yoda es Hashem. When the Pasuk in Shmuel describes Shmuel not yet having experienced Navuah, it says Shmuel term Yoda es Hashem. He didn't yet experience Hashem. So Das Hashem in its fullest is to be a Navi. However, I would I would I'd submit, um, although I can't necessarily prove this, at least not Regalachas that the Nevi'im, if learning from the Nevi'im, who point out the ways of Hashem to you, but it makes you connected, makes you shaykh to the Mahalach of Das Hashem, even though you would not say, you personally don't know Hashem. See, Das doesn't mean to know something, it means to have experience. So, Hadam Yoda Aschave Ishle. Das, it's a mistake to translate to knowledge. So, so, but you don't really experience Hashem fully, but maybe secondhand you do, because you have someone who interprets Him for you and explains Him to you, which is, naturally there's gonna be some gaps, and it's perhaps it's less of uh, an intimate relationship and it's going to influence you less than if you'd actually feel it and know it and relate to it in that way. So there's a yes and no. Yeah, certainly. Absolutely. What? If a person's not enough, he doesn't know Hashem. Right. Correct. Correct. Uh, you can't say he's Yodeas Hashem, but what I'm saying is that that this Mahalik of Das Hashem, which is what the Nevi'im are teaching, even if you personally don't have that full knowledge of Hashem, if you are a student of someone that does, who can teach you things, I think that you're a lot closer to it than someone who is who's not. It's something that can be shared. But you wouldn't say he, that this that uh, anyone who's not a Navi, you would not say about him 
categorically he is Yedei Hashem. That you can see from the Pasuk correct. Okay, so that's what we spoke about last, last time. That's what the Nevi'im teach Das Hashem. That's what Das Hashem means. Knowing what Hashem is doing and why, which means you know the whole system of the universe, the whole system of reality, why things happen, and, and therefore you know exactly what you should be doing. You should do like, do like Hashem. Do like Hashem. And, and a deeper level, you have to think about it. Do, it's a, do like Hashem doesn't mean, okay, Hashem is the most awesome, so let's do like Him. It means, if, if you understand what He is doing, that means you understand the nature of, of everything, of all reality. So if you would do different, it would be, you, you, would, be, you would sort of be um, naturally forced to do the same, to do that, because you wouldn't, that's what you'd want to do. That, 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 people act consistent with what they believe about the world. No, no, no. So the Nevi'im don't see Tzadik Gorale. Not, I don't want to go, I don't, wasn't planning on going into that I'm tonight. The Nevi'im do not experience Tzadik What? What do you mean? They, don't, they see that, they nope. can't explain why. No, nope. who said that? <laughs> who said that? You just asserted. You just asserted. Yes, which means. No, no, incorrect, incorrect. A navi, and we're talking about the extreme. That means what I mean to say is like this: when we just said a minute ago, okay, a navi is someone who's yidei Hashem. A navi is not always a navi. A navi could have a nevuah and then not not have nevuah for some tikkun. He could have nevuah once or twice, and at that moment he understands everything. But then he goes reverts back to being someone who's not yidei Hashem. So when he's not Yudeh Hashem, he'll experience Tzadik Vrali. So we're talking about the extreme. But the extreme of Das Hashem does not allow for Tzadik Vrali. That is incorrect. Okay with that? You understand? So in other words, what we're talking about is an ideal that's for, that, that, yes, it's only attainable if someone is, constant, is a Navi constantly. But the Navi who's a Navi constantly will not experience Tzadik Vrali. And that's a Pasuk, that's a Mephusha Pasuk essentially, because the Pasuk says, in Amis, Hashem doesn't do anything. Hashem does not. He won't do anything until he reveals the secret to his Navi. And I don't remember now the source for this, but it means is that because the Navi has to okay it. Like Avram Avinu, when Hashem told him what he's going to do to this time, he said, I object, because he told Avram to see what he says. That means when Hashem talks to the Navi, it's so that the Navi should talk back to Hashem. And Hashem will only act in a way that the Navi can understand, because that's what Navuah is. So, to the extent that a Navi experiences Tzadik Rala, in that context, at that point, he's not a Navi. Tzadik Rala and Navuah are contradictions. Tzadik Rala and Moshe Rabbeinu are not contradictions. That's the Gemara Baruch says Moshe Rabbeinu was, was... You were here last year, right? Yeah. Okay. Moshe Rabbeinu was, was confused, or was faced Tzadik Rala. That's because Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't talk about that Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu says, the Torah says, you can't know Hashem. That's where Moshe Rabbeinu said, And I want to see your face. And he was told, I can't see your, you can't see my face. And you can't know all the answers. That's all the same story. That's when Moshe Rabbeinu was told, no, you will not know, you will not know me. Moshe Rabbeinu will not know me. But a Navi, to the extent that he's a Navi, says we can emulate Hashem, we can do exactly like Hashem does. Which means we understand everything. And if there's something I don't understand, in that context, I'm not a Navi. Okay? I'm, I'm, I'm marking over the extremes over here. It's obviously, it becomes complex because he's not always enough. Do you understand it? Okay. So what does him now let's talk about the Torah. So we said last year, we said, but the Torah never says to know Hashem. On the contrary, Moshe had been asked to know Hashem. And he was told, you cannot know Hashem. So, and we discussed, um, but, but, but we're not going to review what we said last time. So but let's just talk about what does that mean? What does it mean not to know Hashem? What does it mean not to know Hashem? And how is, that, how is it true that, that Hashem is unknowable and knowable? 
So something has been said by the Rambam, by the Chavis Alavavis, and by the Mkabalim in a different, in, in their, in a, too, they agree to this point. The essence of God is unknowable. The essence of God is completely unknowable. Therefore, the Rambam says, the Rambam has this principle called Tare Shlila. Tare Shlila, negative theology, which means the Rambam believes that what we can know about Hashem is what we can disprove about Hashem. We can, or we can, rather, we can prove the lack of something. We can prove Hashem is not two, so we come closer to His knowledge. We can prove that Hashem is not physical, so we come closer to knowing Him. But we never. But the only, the only way we can approach His knowledge is through what we can, we can disprove about Him. We know He's not this. We know He's not that. We know He's not that. The more you prove that He's not, the closer you get to, to, to Hashem. But that's the only way to approach him. Because you cannot talk about his essence. His essence is completely unknowable. Even, says the Ramah, and this is a, perhaps a sheer on its own, this whole business of, this whole discussion of the Torah, of negative theology, is probably worth going into this whole thing. But even saying that Hashem exists, says the Rambam, is not really true. Not really true. We can say God does not, not exist. And that's because, in a nutshell, and it's a little more complicated than this, but I'll say it in a way that I think is, basically captures the Rambam's point, when we say something exists, we mean the, what we're, we're used to in existence. And God's existence is not in the same category as that. Okay? So we understand, thing, we understand things existing. We understand that. So we also understand things not existing. God is not in either of those categories because his existence is, a, is of a different form, a different nature than what we call existence. And we really don't have a word for his existence. Because when we say existence, we know what we're talking about, and God does not really fit with what, with what we mean by when we say the word existence. When we say God exists, we really are saying he doesn't not exist, because we also understand not existing, nothing. Truly, God doesn't exist or not exist, says the Rabbi. So but the really thing we, we really want to prove about him is that he doesn't not exist, because if he wouldn't exist, then we'd have all sorts of problems, kashas. So we're going to prove he doesn't not exist. Essentially, that's what we can really prove. Now, the Kuban agree with this too, and um, in this, at this point, I am, I am like a person running over thin ice. So you go very quickly because I don't want to slip in. And I'm not going to go into this today, year. But basically, they agreed to the Rambam that God's essence is completely and utterly unknowable except in a negative way. But what they disagree is that they say, he's so unknowable that the Torah doesn't even talk about him. And when the Torah says Hashem, we're talking about God as he makes himself knowable to us. Yes, the Ramam's right in some philosophical level, which is not part of our religion. Our religion is about the noble God. Okay, but that's certainly not for tonight's year. The point is, everyone agrees the essence of God is unknowable. Now, both of these things are true then. The essence of God is unknowable, but, but God's actions are knowable. So it depends what you talk about. This is what we spoke of last year. Depends what you, when the, when the Nevi'im say no Hashem, they're defining knowledge of Hashem as knowing Him through His actions. And when the Torah talks about, when Moshe Rabbeinu says was told you can't know Hashem, means you can't know Hashem's essence. Now this dichotomy between Hashem's essence and Hashem's actions. Chayv Salavavavis in Shah Yichud talks about this specifically in the 10th parak, and he says such fascinating Lashayness. And this just brings out the, the fact that it's really opposites, complete opposites, and two different ways to relate to Hashem. Says the Chayv Salavavavis, you have to know the essence that God's true nat- trueness through his actions, not through his essence. Because he's the closest of all, he's Karav Mikol Karav, he's the closest thing of all, of everything. 
mitzad, his actions. But he's the furthest thing from everything, mitzad, his essence. If you, look at, if you think about God's essence, he's the furthest thing. Because he doesn't have a mitzias in our machshava. That means any way you think about him is incorrect. Anything you're capable of thinking of is not God. Which means he's the furthest thing from us in terms of what he is. But he's the closest thing in, front, in, in, the, in terms of his actions because everything is his actions. And when you reach, I'm going to read this in the, in the, in the translation. But let me read it in the Hebrew translation. When you reach the Madrega, when you take God out of your imagination and out of your sensory perception, as if he doesn't exist. But you do find him from, from what, he, what results from him. As if he never leaves you. That's the, that's, the, that's the tachlis of his knowledge. When you reach the point that is, when it comes to his essence, it's basically the same as if he doesn't exist because completely unrelatable. What's the difference between completely unrelatable and non-existence? For all potential purposes, there's no difference in terms of the psychology, in terms of the relationship with Hashem. So in your mind, it's Ki'ilu, God has no Metzias, but yet Mitzad, everything that comes from him, is Ki'ilu is constantly here. That's the Tachlis of, of knowing Hashem. So here's the dichotomy spelled out in the very starkly, that Mitzad's essence, it's as if he's a Metzias. It's completely irrelevant. Completely irrelevant. There's nothing to talk about. There's nothing to relate to. But Mitzad's actions, he's, he's the most, most always and most um, constantly there. Can you say the word essence? One second. Um, just a minute. Okay. Yeah, what's the question? When you say the word essence, yeah. what do you mean? Because no. Why are you saying that? Before he does actions is also. No, before he does any actions is also an essence. What is the essence that gives rise to the actions? Right? What is he? That we, can, that we cannot define. We can define what results from him. Everything. And then we can categorize that. If we understand it properly, we can say, oh, look, chesed results from him and mishpah and staka. So then we can call him Abal Chesed by Mishra But we really know nothing about him. We only know about what he does. It means we don't even know what about him motivates him, so to speak, to do those things, right? Because that would be, I mean, that would be something about him. Is that? Yeah, it's clear. Yeah, it's clear. I mean, it's, it's, so that's all we're going to hope for right now, I think. Yeah. Clarity. So both things are true. Both things are true about Hashem. And the question is, on what level are we relating to him? Are we talking about the Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah relates to God's unknow- the, the unknowable God. And that's because, think about that, it's not such a Chiddush. Because what is a law? Torah is laws. Be'ikr. I'm talking about the law, but Moshe Rabbeinu, Torah is Moshe. Mitzvahs, laws. The purpose of a law, as a law, is for someone who doesn't believe he should be doing something. You don't need a law to um, sit in a sukkah, let's say, for someone who would anyways reach that conclusion that it's the right thing for him to do. He's going to sit in the sukkah. The law is for someone who cannot understand. Now, I don't mean to say that mitzvahs have no time and they're completely absurd and not understandable. That's not what I mean at all. But I mean the, the, the purpose of the Torah making laws is because there are times where a person would not do this 
out of his own, out of his own das, out of his own hasaga. So then it's a law. So the Torah is Moshe Rabbeinu brought from, the, from, from, from this unknowable world, meaning, he says, look, we're not, we don't know everything. And when you cannot only operate based on what you know. There's things that we don't know and can't know. And these are the rules. Rules are what you do, are necessary for when a person's operating to ignorance. And that's the Torah. And the Nevi'im, so this is essentially what I said last week in a nutshell, and it's not really a Kiddush. The Torah is law, and the Torah ended with Moshe Rabbeinu's death. So obviously the Nevi'im is something else. So the Nevi'im, the Nevi'im are teaching something else. And the Nevi'im brought a new revelation, which is Das Hashem. And Das Hashem, as we spoke last time, doesn't involve Karbonis, because Karbonis, Karbonis is the prime example of law. The Ramam says, Rav Mitzvah Satayr Abar Karbonis. The Ramam Maisi Karbonis, when he describes Karbonis, he says, Aleyan in Lahoisif Mehen on the Groya. Today bring this, do the blood exactly that way, this one, that, this carbon you have to do that way, that one you have to do that way, this amount, everything is measured. Karbonis is the prime example of worship and law. A worship to something completely unknowable, so we have to demonstrate that by worshiping it. And B, we're, we're doing things out of, uh, out of, as avdus, as law, and not out of Havon. Moshe Rabbeinu was anov mikal adam, which I think relates to this too. Because why is he anov mikal adam? Well, I'll take Yemiah's word for it that the only thing a person can be proud of is Das Hashem. Can't be proud for being rich, can't be proud for being wise, can't be proud for being strong. But you could be proud for being a Das Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu, who was reached the level of realizing, of relating to Hashem as unknowable. Moshe Rabbeinu knows absolutely nothing in this world. His whole, any, any values, any human values are, are, are worthless because he has no hasaga in, in what Hashem is doing. He has no hasaga in the ways of Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu says, I relate to Hashem's essence and in the essence of Hashem I can't know. Can't know Hashem's essence, then I don't understand why he does anything. Because that's how Moshe Rabbeinu relates to things, as we spoke last week. Therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu has nothing to be proud of, and he's the honor of Mikal Adam, as opposed to. That right? would be a stira? No, Hashem's ways of being proud of that, that would be a stira Tanivis? Yeah, it's the one thing to be proud of. Yeah, if, if you don't even know that, think about it. Okay, look, I'm just, I'm just positing two people. One person knows everything that's going on in this world, yeah. and the other person knows. That you cannot understand the thing. So this he's going to be the other week. The second one is going to be the other week. I'm not saying that the first, I'm not saying Yimia wasn't an honor. Shai wasn't an honor. But I'm saying the one who knows nothing is going to be a bigger honor. No? He has what to, actually Yimia says he has what to be proud of. Someone else has what to be proud of. And if you know Hashem's ways, then you're, then you have, you're more proud and you know Hashem. Right. So, so exactly. You're, so you're more of an honor. Why are you more of an honor? Because you know more of Hashem. The more you know of Hashem, the more of honor you should be. No, because you can emulate Him. You become godly. You're Deus Hashem. So if you're shuffled, like you're more of an honor. If you're actually just uh, make yourself shuffled. Like, no, it's, no, it's, no. If you have a true perspective on your nothingness, then you're an honor. Not if you're full. Not if you love false anava. But true anava. True anava means having true perspective on, on, on your, whatever, on your insignificance, irrelevance, etc. Now. The Nevi'im were given a gift of, belief, of this world where they believe that they are the most relevant thing because they're doing Hashem's actions. They understand Him and they do like Him. Which is, it's a, it's a lot harder to, to, to have another when, when, you're, when you have, have, have das, understand. Okay, I wanted, I wanted also to break for questions because 
if there were any questions about this or about last week, I wanted to just make sure it's clear. Anything you would start asking me? Huh? No, I guess I was, I, 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 I hopped it as you were going. For me, I, I was just on this point that you could perceive an Nevis. I understood now what you're saying, that Anivas, you're saying the Mutaich being, I guess, Kiyu and in the same realm of Kajbahu. Right. But Anivas might come easier if you know that you don't know anything. Exactly. So, right, and, exactly. And that's to my mind that Moshe Rabbeinu was an honor because, because I was to be an honor. Fine. You know, if I didn't know something. Yeah. I'm not looking, I'm not, we're not judging whether it was a mile or not. Oh. It's just a, the Pusik says a fact. It's just as a fact. Kind of sounds saying the reason, well, the re, I'm just saying the reason why it was so. Is because this the thing that was different about him, the Leokam Navi because every other Navi is something else. He's the only one who could teach laws. That means he's the only one who could say like this. We don't know what's going on, so we have to be told what to do. And therefore, consistent with that, he's not going to be called Adam. Because every other Hasaga of Hashem, every other Hasaga of Hashem was not being Masig how we relate to Hashem without knowing Hashem, which would be he tells us what to do. No Navi has that anymore. That, the, that Hashem gives us commandments. Only the fisha, which means right now he has a giloi, he knows what's appropriate. There's no such thing as a commandment, as in serve me because I said so. So any hasaga that they have about Lukos is about understanding Hashem. Consistent with that is, uh, is that Moshe Rabbeinu was enough. Okay, so any, any, anything else? Okay, so that, that, that was the million dollar question, right? What exactly? Uh, so do they think they understand, but they really don't? So we said like this. Here's the idea. Here's the idea. The question is, what does the word understand mean? The word das, the word know, the word knowledge means something else, depending on who uses it. And imagine two different kinds of knowledge. Imagine there's a person who only has one kind of knowledge. I don't know. Do we, do we have more than one kind of knowledge? Say, uh, logical and sensory. Okay. What do you have? Logical and sensory. Okay, good, fine, right? That's I think it's a two kinds of knowledge, right? I feel things, and that's basically knowledge in a sense, right? There's a certainty. And then I prove things in my mind. So what if you have two people, one of them only has one, and the other one only has the other, okay? So one of them is going to say, I know, thing, I know something when he's talking about one, because for him, that's what it means to know something. The other one's going to only use the word for the other one. And I give a third person who might use it for both. We would use it for both, because that's two ways to know something, right? But uh, is, that, is that not true? When one of them uses the word no in one way, the other one uses it to mean completely, something completely different. They're both referring to the same underlying definition. You've got to be able to drill down and, and, and say, well, what is the underpinnings of this word? What makes the word mean what it means? So what does knowledge really mean? It means something like the fullest relationship between a conscious being and something else. Something, you know, you have to give some more philosophical definition, right? And then if you have two different means of consciousness, for you it's that relationship, for him it's that relationship. So Moshe Rabbeinu is, Moshe Rabbeinu's consciousness, his means of relating was of a different t- kind. And in that kind, that's the Gemara Nivamah says, Moshe Rabbeinu says we cannot see Hashem, and Yeshai says we could see Hashem. And this is basically Gemara Nivamah says, how does that, how, what answers that Sfira? Basbaklaya Hamira. Moshe Rabbeinu sees things so clearly that he knows that he's not seeing. And the Nevi'im see things unclearly and believe, think they are seeing, which I said means you can have the same analogy in sight. If you use something very blurry, you wouldn't call it sight. Something and extremely blurry. The perspective of, to, to someone that doesn't have the correct paradigm of understanding. Which perspective? I'm saying, let's say, not be telling us. No, I'm saying, it's just, if, if, we don't, if we don't have sight or we don't have hearing, then right. you could explain 
that, pers that, that perspective today and tomorrow. So we're not mm -hmm. going to understand. Who, us? Us yeah. non-Navian? Yeah. I don't understand the question. If we don't have that paradigm of understanding. Which one? The Navians? Let's say Navian, whether we might. We might. We might have the Navians, we're just not Navian. We might have the same paradigm, but we just happen to not be Navian. I, I, don't, I don't think that's a correct assumption there. Uh, that's actually an important question. Which paradigm do we have? Are you assuming we I have neither? I don't, I don't know. No, just because we're not Moshe nor Nevi'im, I don't think it's correct to say that we, have, that we don't have either paradigm. We just might not have... Uh, yeah, that's, that's, I guess, an answer. What? If we have neither paradigm, then? Then the message cannot be conveyed because we don't have the okay. acceptable to understand. I mean, well, I, I'm, I'm I agree with that. I mean, to the extent that we're not... Uh, we don't fully understand the Torah, nor do we fully do the Nevi'im, then, yeah, I mean, right. That means we don't... We don't uh, we still have work to do. Is that, is that all we're saying? We have work to do to become Nevi'im. Right. Uh, we can never become Moshe. What? We can never become Moshe. Because the Torah says there will never be, there will never was. Right. But we can, we can, yes. we could, we could strive for... Yeah, we can be Nevi'im. Of course, certainly. Then, yeah, then, 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 right, 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 right. I think that's a, that's a correct uh, assertion there. So, Looks like we're running out of time, but um, we'll have to skip something here. I would like to say one more point about Kabanis. Okay, let's say one more point about Kabanis. Unfortunately, we don't have time to go through all the riots, so I'll try to do the idea justice. And I guess you'll have to take me on faith. Well, which I don't recommend <laughs> as a rule. <laughs> okay. So we spoke about, so the Torah teaches Kabbanis. Kabbanis, as the Rambam's Lashon in the Maira is that Rav Mitzvah Satara about Kabbanis. It's, it's the quintessential essence of the Torah. And I, I, another thing that I seemed to, perhaps I was misunderstood about last week was that, last year was that I was um, minimizing the importance of Kabbanis, which I've been, I've been no means meant to do that. On the contrary. On the contrary. The importance of Kabbanis is because the Kabbanis are, are, are the highest truth and a way of declaring that we don't understand Hashem, that there's something beyond our Asaga that we can only venerate and worship. And that's the purpose of, go of A, worshiping, is demonstrating there's something there. Again, thing lavdafka, there lavdafka, right? There's not nothing there, Ram would say, but there's something other than everything we know, and that's important to remember that, because that's the single most important reality, is that there's something beyond what Vairas Saga. That's the most important thing to remember, so we venerate it and worship it. One, one element. Another element was that we serve it, because avdus, that's another element of kabbanis. It's the fact that it's avdus. It's meaningless. And the more meaningless, the better. Do this, oh no, you put the dam over there, you shechted it one foot off, tzaf and adam, big problems. Why? Because you gotta do, you have to do it. N nowhere in the Navi will you find any, any problem, any encouragement about a detail of a mitzvah. That's not what the Navi about. Details are a form of avdus, of listening, of doing something because I was told to do it without understanding it. That's the importance of details in the Torah, and again, specifically in Kabbanis. And now there's another element of Kabbanis, and like I said, we'll have to leave the, the proofs to this. And this is the following. And um, it's a, a very extreme idea. What if a person takes to the logical, to its logical conclusion that we know nothing, that we don't understand Hashem? Because the Nevi'im say, you can understand what Hashem does. And, and as we discussed before, in, in, in the Nevi'im's perspective, as Nevi'im, there's no such thing as tzaddik virala. That means whatever happens is correct. And they'll know why it's correct. If they don't know why it's correct, that means they're not a Navi in that, for that Indian. 
people that could be Nevi'im and then lose the Nevi'im. Okay. Moshe Rabbeinu was faced with the question of Tzadik Varalai and the Gemara Bracha says, Hashem told him, that's the way it is. Moshe Rabbeinu does not know the answer to Tzadik Varalai. Sometimes, sometimes people get what they don't deserve. Is in a nutshell. Without going into Gemara Bracha tonight. So let's think. That means Moshe Rabbeinu says, since I relate to God's essence, and the only way I'll understand God is if I understand how things come from his essence. It's time to categorize what he does. I realize Moshe Rabbeinu knows the way Moshe Rabbeinu relates to things, the way Moshe Rabbeinu relates to things, categorizing Hashem's actions, classifying them as this is kindness, that's justice, is meaningless to him. That doesn't help him understand what Hashem is up to. So Moshe Rabbeinu knows nothing about, about Hashem and his actions, essentially. He knows what Hashem tells him. He knows what Hashem commands him. He doesn't know anything about Hashem's anagas. What's the lot? Take that to its logical conclusion. Taking that to its logical conclusion, it means that a per, that person has no values to believe in. Because if you understand what Hashem is doing, if you understand what Hashem is up to, then you have a source for values, which is whatever values Hashem, whatever values, whatever Hashem wants, whatever is the truest essence of, of being, is midas, chesed mitzvot can be values. Those are our values. Why are those values? Because we believe that those are Hashem's values and that's what the world is predicated on. But what if a person has, what if a person has, says, I do not understand anything Hashem is doing? So he is left with having completely, being completely valueless. The, the logical conclusion of that is that for him, being dead and being alive is equivalent. There's no difference between being dead and alive because the most fundamental value a human being has is life, is self-preservation. But if the person knows that he actually cannot even understand why he exists, because it makes no sense. So life and death is the same for him. Life and death is equivalent. If you truly get to the point of loyadati, where you know nothing, that means there's no difference to you between being alive and dead. Hence, a carbon. A carbon is rooted in, in the Akedah, where Yitzhak was willing to die, and then we bring carbonus instead. Instead. So the, the power of Kabbanis, and the reason why the Nevi'im are, uh, don't work with Kabbanis is because Kabbanis is the, is, is the most extreme way of expressing that we know nothing. Because it's worship, because it's laws, detailed laws, and because it's sacrificing ourselves and saying, for, for us it's the same thing to exist or not exist, we have no values. Again, that gets back to law. If you have no values, well, you have law. And, and the law, does, you don't have to have values. You don't have to know what's fear to keep Chayish and Mishpat. It's not about, no one asks you for your moral judgments. And that's, the, that's what a law can do. But if you, have no more, if you truly have no moral judgments, absolutely really have no moral judgments, really, really, and if you think about this to understand it, then you, might, then you could be dead. So that sacrifice is, dem is demonstrating that we actually are willing to show that we don't believe in anything and we don't know anything. Okay? So then the Nevi'im are then opposed to sacrifice. In a certain sense, the opposition is because of the kayach of Karbanis. Karbanis is such a kayach to be mechaper because Karbanis is, 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 is the assertion that we're nothing and we, could be, we might as well be dead and nothing matters that we've done and you can't blame us for anything because we, we don't know anything. And it's the great power of Karbanis to mechaper for Avonis which also helps us understand the Nevi'im's opposition because the Nevi'im, Dafka saying, no, 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 there is a midah toiva in the world. There, is, there, is, there are morals, there are ways to, to live, there are proper ways to live. You go sin and bring karbanis, and you know, we always read it as like, oh, you guys, you think you, think you, you, think you could just do averis and bring karbanis? Actually, yes, you could do averis and bring karbanis. And then you get kapara. <laughs> but that's the problem. Because the Nevi'im are teaching that there's a, there's, a, there's a proper way to be. And the essence of karbanis is that 
it's declaring the loyadati, declaring that we know nothing, which is the biggest kapara, which is the biggest kapara. So it's the great power of kabbanis, which is in the Torah, and and that's another part of the neviim's issue with kabbanis. It's not only that it doesn't fit into what the neviim are doing, but it's the opposite because kabbanis is mechaper, which means if you bring kabbanis, it doesn't matter what you did. Sometimes it means it's mechaper, and the neviim teach no, no, no. It matters very much because there's a right way and a wrong way. The right way and the wrong way, and the right way is is the Thanks so much to everyone for listening to the great sources. Please remember to rate and review the podcast. That's how it gets out there to even more people. Thank you and good night.